Hello, I'm Brad Spencer, your host, and welcome back to The Faith Connection. In our last teaching, we started talking about believing only. And that was when Jesus was met by a synagogue official named Jairus, and his little girl was at the very point of death. And Jesus said to him, fear not, believe only. And we said we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear anything in this life. But what we do need to do is believe. Now, we said that faith is a noun. It's a creative force, but we have to put action to that creative force, and that's called believing. We have to believe to receive. Believing is our part. I mean, just to sit around and say, well, I'm just waiting on God to heal me. I'm waiting on God to move that mountain. I'm waiting on God to make the storms of life cease. Listen, you're going to wait the rest of your life and nothing is going to happen because you've been given authority. You've been told to believe. In fact, he said all things are possible to them that believe. So here's the interesting thing about Jairus. When Jesus said, fear not and believe only, there is no record in any of the gospels, not in Luke, not in Mark's gospel, anywhere that Jairus uttered a word. When they got back to the house of Jairus, he still hadn't said anything. Jesus said the little girl is going to be made whole, and he doesn't utter a word. Most people couldn't do that. That's why they get into trouble. They engage their mouth, and then they, they release their doubts and their fears, and they fall apart emotionally, and that's why they don't receive. So Jesus gets there. All the mourners are there. And he said, what are you crying for? <laughs> the little girl's not dead. She's asleep. Well, they knew she was dead. They laughed him to scorn. He put them all out and commanded the little girl to arise and praise God she did. And then we came to find over here in John's Gospel, chapter 4 and verse 46, a royal official has come to Jesus and he's got a dying son. His son is dying. Any breath might be his last. And he's requesting Jesus to come down and heal his son. Jesus, however, doesn't go, just gives him a word. He says, go your way, your son lives. Well, now, you know, a lot of people wouldn't believe that. It's, I don't know, I doubt that. And, and if you doubt it, you're going to do without it. But no, he doesn't. He doesn't at all. In fact, the Bible says the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him. He believed the word. And he started off as action, giving action to his faith. He just doesn't hang around there. Immediately, he starts off. He's on the way. He's acting on the word. Hey, look, if your son's dying and our child, your wife, anybody that, you know, family that you love, and now you get a word that says, go your way, they, they're going to live, they live. Well, I mean, you're just, you want to go see them because the man believed the word and he started off. He started moving in that direction. See, the people that won't act on the word are the ones that never receive anything. Faith without corresponding action is dead being by itself. So the man is acting on the word. And as he was now going down, his servants met him saying, 
that his son was living. Well, he believed the word, so that was his expectation that the son would be found alive and not just alive, but alive and well. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. They said to him yesterday at the seventh hour, one o'clock in the afternoon, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, one o'clock in the afternoon, the seventh hour, your son lives and he himself believed in his whole household. Now, this is not to say he doubted and he's just now believing what Jesus said. No, this statement here, and he himself believed and his whole household means they are now believing in Jesus, that he is the word personified. He is the Messiah. And so they've, they've now got faith in, in his uh, lordship. So two situations where children are dying. There was one in Matthew chapter 8. A centurion had a, had a servant, a child servant that was dying and at the point of death. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He said, no, 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 you don't have to come to my house. He said, I'm one under authority and I have authority. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And this one, come, and he comes to this servant, do this, and he does it. And listen, Jesus took a step back and he marveled. And he said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. Here we've got a Roman centurion that's got more faith. But the Roman centurion never said a thing about faith. He talked about he had authority and he was under authority. And with his authority, he, authority, he could say to this one, go and he goes, this one come and he comes, to this one do this and he does it. Jesus understood that there's authority in faith. If you're going to act, you need to act with authority. If you're going to, you know, cast a demon out of somebody, you better do it with the voice of authority. Don't play around with it, you know. You just don't go, well, I sure do hope you come out. No, you better command that thing to come out in the name of Jesus and do it with authority. And Jesus saw the faith of the centurion and the centurion understood, look, Jesus, you don't have to come to my house, but let me ask you something. How many people would have taken that approach? Probably few. Most would have wanted Jesus to come to their house so they can invite all their friends and family, take Jesus by the arm and just parade him around everybody and say, look, here's Jesus. Jesus has come to my house. No, he said, you don't have to come to my house. All you've got to do is speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Just speak the word, Jesus. My servant will be healed. And consequently, the servant was healed because Jesus spoke the word. All right. Isn't that wonderful? Go with me. Now let's look at how not to believe. How not to believe. Let's go to John's Gospel, chapter 20. We want to see the way that we ought not to do it. Sometimes you have to find out what something isn't before you find out what it is. Sometimes you got to find out what doesn't work before you find out what does work. <clears throat> so here in John's Gospel, chapter 20, but Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, and the word Didymus in the Greek language means a twin. He had a twin brother was not with them when Jesus came. Now, Jesus had appeared to his disciples. 
But for whatever reason, you know, Thomas laid out a church. He wasn't there. And so when they came and they said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I shall see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Or in other words, until I have mental assent. See, your five senses, they go out and they gather information to bring back to your brain so that you can have mental assent or head faith knowledge, as it were. Uh, because you're operating on a soulish realm. You're not operating on a spiritual realm. But, I mean, you can believe apart from having head knowledge and mental assent. Because, as I said in the last program, you can believe in your physical heart. you got 40,000 neurons in your physical heart. And there's all kinds of statements out there, you know. You know, you know uh, I know in, in school we were given multiplication tables. And we were told to go over them and over them and over them till we learned them by heart. So there's a lot of believing that happens even in the natural heart. And Thomas is saying, unless I am satisfied in my mental ascent, I will not believe. He's choosing not to believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were inside and Thomas with them. Well, he came back to church, didn't he? Jesus came, the doors having been shut and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here your finger and see my hands. Reach here your hand and put it into my side and be not unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Because you have seen me, you have believed, Blessed are those who did not see and yet believed. Blessed are those who did not see and yet they believed. And, and, and see, the night I got saved, I didn't see anything. I was just led in a, in a prayer to where I repented of my sin and I believed on Jesus in my heart, confessed him with my mouth, and I got saved that night. There's no question about it. I came in lost. And I left saved. I had darkness and death on the inside of me, but I had light and life when I left that meeting. It wasn't hard at all, but I didn't have any experience that satisfied my five senses. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. I didn't smell anything. Listen, all this was going on on the inside of me, and I got saved. And I was blessed with salvation because I believed and I did not see. Please understand this works with all the promises. You can get healed that way. Healing is not difficult. Healing is not hard. All you've got to do is believe to receive. And then once you have believed, you enter into rest, according to Hebrews chapter 3. And it's done then. You don't have to do anything else. Jesus did all of the work. All we have to do is receive it. Salvation is easy because Jesus did the work in his substitutionary work, made it available. All we have to do is receive it and believe it. Healing is the same. Prosperity is the same. Everything <clears throat> is the same, and it's not difficult. Preachers have made it difficult. 
but it doesn't have to be. Go with me, if you would, to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. Matthew, chapter 9, we're going to begin reading in verse 27. And as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him, crying out, saying, Have mercy on us, Jesus, son of David. And after he had come into the house, the blind men came up to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, first, we got to mention the fact that these blind men acted on their faith. And we know they acted on their faith. Listen, they're blind. Jesus is passing by. They're blind and they hear it's Jesus and they start crying out to him, son of David, have mercy on us. But he doesn't stop. He just walks right by them. Jesus is not, get this on the inside, get it in your head. Jesus is not need-minded. Jesus is seed-minded. He's just not moving into a void of need because of need itself. He moved upon the need of humanity in that he became the sacrificial lamb and made available all the promised provision of God. But he's not need-minded. If he were need-minded, he'd, he'd flow into different parts of the world that are full of need today. And that just may be the whole world today. But anyway, he's seed-minded. He just passes by those two blind men can't you see two blind men trying to make their way back to Jesus' house? They're probably asking people, which way to go? Which way to go? Well, uh, he went, here, let me turn you in a direction. Go that way. And they keep going until they find him. It's with difficulty that these two blind men found Jesus in the house. And he looks at them and says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, be it done to you because of my great faith and my sovereign powers and ability. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. He said, be it done to you according to your faith. He said their faith had everything to do with whether they were going to see or not. And you can't get that across to some people because they're looking for somebody else to have faith for them. They're looking for God to do it. And Jesus said to these blind men, be it done unto you according to your faith. And watch what happens here. And their eyes were open. And Jesus sternly warned them saying, see here, let no one know about this. And they went out and spread the news about him in all that land. And the reason he didn't want them to tell anybody because it made it much more difficult and challenging for him to move in the earth because then everywhere he goes, there's a multitude of people just everywhere. And you can't eat, you can't sleep, you can't travel. I mean, people everywhere. And as they were going out, behold, a dumb man, demon-possessed, was brought to him. And after the demon was cast out, the dumb man spoke. And the See, demons make people what they are. Lots of demonic issues in the earth today, all across America, all across the world. There are demonic manifestations, but thanks be to God, we've been given the name of Jesus and we have authority over that nonsense. And the multitudes marveled, saying, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees were saying, he cast out the demons by the ruler of demons. And Jesus, Jesus was going about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues because there was just so much ignorance. 
and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of sickness and healing every kind of disease. Jesus is teaching the people and he's healing sickness. He's healing disease. And seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send laborers or workers into the field. And see, that's the thing that we've got to do today. There are so many hurting people everywhere. And what we've got to do as the church triumphant, realize who we are in and of Christ Jesus. Realize that we've been uh, born again. And we've been given power after the Holy Spirit has come on the inside of us and that we're in the last days. We're here to bring forth the glory of God as God's pouring out his spirit and his glory in these last days because God loves people. And we're living in such a hurting world and time period. There's so many opportunities, but so much of the church, they just don't realize who they are. They don't know. They're a defeated church. They think, you know, God in his sovereignty is controlling everything. They don't realize they have a part to play and that they need to be utilized in the pouring out of God's spirit and glory in these days. And that's exactly what is taking place. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. And the first thing we need to do is give you an opportunity to be a part of the kingdom of God. So if you're there watching the Faith Connection and you're lost, your name's not in the Lamb's Book of Life, pray this prayer with me. Say it out loud right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I repent of my sin, the sin of rejecting Jesus. And I believe on Jesus in my heart, and I confess him as my Savior with my mouth. And I now ask you to save me, cause me to be born again, my spirit resurrected on the inside, infused with your divine life. And I just want to thank you for saving me. And I thank you that my name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, your name is in the book. You're now part of the body of Christ that Jesus is head of. And we're living in exciting times and we need you. But what you got to do right now is you got to get into a good, I mean a good local church. If you're anywhere near Hickory, I want to invite you to His Image Ministries where we're going to teach you how to live. We're going to teach you how to walk by faith, how to live by faith and not by sight. We're going to teach you new creation realities, who you are in and of Christ Jesus, how you can move mountains, how you can make the storms of life cease, how you can obtain the promises of God that are made available to you and how you can win in life. Information is coming on the screen. If you prayed that prayer, listen, let us know that you got gloriously saved and born again. You'll have information and directions to His Image Ministries. Come bring your family. I'll tell you what, we've got ministry for your whole family and you will be glad that you came. All right, I can see our time has slipped away from us once again, but I want you to remember, like always, we're here to help you make your faith connection 
today.